Welcome back to Off the Cuff. I'm joined by my host, Mr. Joe Vega, the creator of the Vega Method. He is a holistic coach. Um, so for the people that are listening that don't know what holistic uh, medicine is or what holistic even means, uh, before we get into that, how are you doing? Well, you know, first and foremost, I want to thank you for having me on your show today. I'm, I'm very honored uh, to thank be you. here. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm doing fantastic today, man. Good. You know, a little nervous, but that's not nah, normal. Don't be nervous, man. Trust me. There's a lot more people to be nervous to talk to than me, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. You know, but you bring up uh, holistic healing, you know, and, and I know you, it kind of gets kicked around a lot, but, you know, I feel the, the easiest way to approach it, to, to really learn about it is to understand how it, it basically encompasses the mind, body, and the spirit together, right? So we're yes. really looking, we're really looking for a full, well-rounded approach when we talk about uh, working with people, healing people, uh, helping to release trauma, uh, helping them get to the, the best uh, version of themselves. You bring up trauma and there's a part of your method that I wanted to talk to you about it and we'll get there. What I wanted to ask you from, where are you from in the Bronx? Oh man, I'm from Marshallville Parkway. Okay. Uh, Bronx. All right. So you've got, pre- I'm close to Van Cortland Park. Yep. Sandwiched in between Van Cortland Park and, and Gun Hill, Gun Hill Road. Gun Hill Road. I used yeah. to go watch the guys play cricket with my dad. Really? Uh, yeah. At Van, at Van Cortland Park back in the day. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I, I asked him one day what cricket was, and he was like, oh, I'll go and show you. We, uh, we went to Van Cortland Park a, a bunch of times because my mom used to take the subway to 242nd. Nice. And uh, we would sit there and watch the guys uh, play cricket uh, on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, so growing up in the Bronx, um, what was home life like for you growing up? Well, you know, I come from a very modest uh, middle-class, lower middle-class Puerto Rican family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically four people living in one apartment, you know. Uh, we felt insulated, though. There's a lot of stuff going on around us, you know, the stuff that you hear about the Bronx. and it, it, A majority of it is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, the sad part, but it also yeah, makes the Bronx what it is, right? Yeah, you know, and, and I tell you, man, my parents did a wonderful job of sort of insulating us from a lot of the, 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 the negative stuff that was going on around us. You know, we, we didn't have a lot of money, but, you know, we had a lot of love. And yep. We had plenty of friends and, you know, family. I, I remember getting, you know, backhanded by my friends, parents, you know, when I was acting out of line, you know, yep. it, was, it was a very tight knit community where, you know, everybody looked after one another. You know, but as long as you don't cross to over to to the other part of the street, you know, yeah, which is, it takes a village. It takes yeah, a village. You, yeah, you, you get you had the drugs, you had the alcoholism, you had you know the, the domestic abuse, a um, lot of police. Obviously, growing up in the '80s, a lot of interactions with the police. Um, but you know, it, it, I'm, I'm blessed to have gone through all of that and come out the other side in a position to really give back for to sure people like that. So. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, similar backgrounds. You know, I grew up in Westchester, New York, nice. um, Yonkers and Hastings. Uh-huh. And then uh, I was able, you know, my mother's Puerto Rican, my father's Italian. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, we, ne- we never had the most money either, but they, they really made it work in terms of providing a good life for their children the best that they could. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, uh, it's very relatable. My mother's from East Tremont. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah, she's out there. She was out there getting after it. My mom's hood. Nice. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's um, 
it's it's something the reason i always ask uh, about people's upbringings if they're comfortable to talk about it because it does shape a lot of who we are as people in the future right yeah so for you wanting to help people did that come from having a sense of that people needed help in your own community first or did this did this happen to be something that you discovered that you needed to help yourself first before you could help others because a lot of people um that come out of the on the other side like you said we kind of have to go through our own thing first before before we can help others um you know just to give you a little background about my mental health is you know i suffered a pretty bad nervous breakdown um a few years ago that i needed to go and seek professional treatment for and i didn't really realize how much therapy works you know you hear about it you watch the sopranos you you know you you have friends who go to the uh to the doctor they get a referred to a therapist, psychiatrist, you don't really know how it works. So I kind of had to have my own struggle to get through to the other side and actually be able to have a voice to let people know that it's okay to talk about these things. And it's okay to address your mental health just as much as you address your physical health. Yeah. Um, what was the kind of day that you kind of realized, hey, I want to help other people? Well, you know, I... Um it was very difficult because I was the one person in my family that was the first at a lot of things, you know, and, and I was the firstborn in my home and there was a lot of pressure for me to, uh, you know, spoken and unspoken pressures that were put on me to really perform. You know, uh, my father worked really hard um, and he was the first person to sort of introduce me to entrepreneurship because he worked for himself. But there was a lot of pressure early on for me to kind of put my head down, focus and do whatever it was that I could to get my family out of the hood, you know. Mm. Um, so for me, I, I learned in high school, I knew straight off the bat, as soon as I learned what a physical therapist was, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Like I knew my freshman year in high school, I'm going to be. One, you're one of those guys. Yeah. One of those guys who knew what they wanted to do earlier. I, I just knew, man. I knew it, it was something involving rehabilitation, helping people. You know, I want to, of course, like everybody that grows up in the Bronx wants to be, you know, the trainer for the New York Yankees or, or the yes. Mets, right? So, you know, when I was growing up, there was a, there was a Latino coach for the Mets, a, a Latino strength coach. I, I forget his name. But that inspired me. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. So see, I, I see the, the figure. I, I see that there's a potential for something like this to happen. So let me put my head down. Let me get focused. Let me put a lot of stuff. I was heavy into sports early on in high school. And then I just kind of put it to the side and just put my head down and just, you know, was dead set on doing that. So I went into college knowing what I was going to do. Good for you. And, and that was something that really propelled me and kept me focused because um, I always had this this urge or, or this feeling from coming from behind me that, you know, like, don't look back. Once you look back, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's all over. Keep pushing. Put your head down. Nice. Keep pushing. What so, did your what did your father do? My father was an electrician. He's an electrician. Ah. So, you know, he was he was one of those guys that, you know, he worked for a big company early on. And he was one of those guys that, with the, you know, he had the typical Puerto Rican big mouth you know, macho, can't work for nobody, can't hold down a job. So he said, you know what, screw that. 
I'm going to do my own thing. You know, yep. he came up with Palante Electric, which, you know, speaks Spanish. It's, it's mm-hmm. basically moving forward, progress, right? So he, uh, he instilled those values in me early on where, you know, I, I, I realized that I didn't have to just deal with the hand that I've been dealt, you know? Like yeah. There's other options, there's other, other opportunity in, in whatever you can make of it, you know? And awesome. for me, to be able to do that, you know, and help people at the same time was like a double, double, you know, double the fun. So yeah, yeah. Um, where'd you go to high school? I went to Mount St. Michael. Mount St. Michael. Mount St. Uh, big football school. Big football yeah. school. So. Big football school. Big. F- yeah. I had a couple of buddies that went to Clinton play baseball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, always a great sports program. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad went there when when it was all boys. Oh, your dad! Your dad went to Clinton. He went to Clinton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild school nowadays, though. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, Clinton's, <laughs> Clinton's, Clinton's a little wild nowadays. Yeah, no, you uh, want to cross the street when you're walking past. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Clinton's got some got some wild boys over there. Um, so you know, also you said that you know your dad was a was a macho Puerto Rican guy. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, wanted to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. At what point did you realize that you wanted to do your own thing? Well, you know, it, it took one, me getting the job that I felt like everyone else wanted me to have. Mm. You know, the job, you know, I went to a really good uh, grad school. Graduate. Where, where, where? Where'd you go? I went to Columbia for grad school. Oh, so cool. I went there and graduated, you know, did pretty well. Had a job lined up for me and everything with, with the uh, the VA hospital. I know you're, you're a vet. Yeah. Yeah. So no, 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 no. I'm not a vet. I'm not a vet. Uh, Larry is a vet. Uh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Referring okay. to Larry Sharp, uh, who yeah. we've had on the show before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he was a vet. We spoke a lot about veterans on that. Okay. Episode. Yeah. So so I that was my first gig working at the VA hospital, and it was like, you know, the best benefits, the 401k, they'd match you for everything, and you know, but you'd have like these lifers if you ever had a, a chance to really look into what a government job does for people. It's, it's yeah. benefits, respectable pay, but you know, you've got people that put in decades to just, you know, climb, climb the, the, the notch, the, the, the GS levels, you know? Yeah. And uh, for me, you know, I was very excited. Again, I was the first person in my class to even make the first person in my family to even make it to grad school, let alone graduate. So I was very excited. I had this huge high. And then I got to that point where, where a lot of people in my shoes get to where, you know, all of the anticipation, it, 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 you never have the fulfillment with it right. because you realize that this was never really for you. Mm. This wasn't, this wasn't your role. It was what other people had envisioned for you. And that could right? be very discouraging at times. Yeah, it was very dis- discouraging, um, you know, and, and, a lot of people out I had some beautiful friends over there, a lot, a lot of nice people, you know, and, and a lot of them, they made it very clear why they were there, what their intentions were. Right. And for me, there was something inside of me that felt like, you know, like I didn't want to waste my time. You know, a lot of the veterans, you know, and, and, and I, I had a, a, a great appreciation for, for veterans uh, after that, because, you know, I mean, the amount of pain and suffering that the majority of them are dealing with. Uh, you know, and, and again, I, I listened to the to Larry, the Larry Shop episode, and he talked yeah. about how he had such, you know, he, he loved it, and, and that's great, you know. But that that's such a very small percentage of, of people, uh, oh, yeah. like small percentage of veterans. And I dealt with with I would tell you the 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 large uh, portion that did not have a good time 
that, you know, comorbidities, you know, issues, diabetes, heart, heart disease, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, so I, I think, but I, I, I'm blessed to have experienced that, you know, because it really showed me a, a wide gamut of, of different things, which is why you work in the hospital. But, you know, for me, I'm like, this, this isn't for me, man. This isn't for me. Right. Like I, I took out a job as a, as a personal trainer and, you know, I wound up falling in love with the fitness element of it. And during that time, you know, you'd have like physical therapy and then you would have the gym, you know, but none of them would ever cross paths. Right. You know? Like the PTs thought they were too cool for school and the trainers, you know, they, they had nothing but bad things to say about the PTs, the physical therapists. So, mm. you know, I was really one of the first people that, that kind of bridged in, in the early 2000s that made a business out of, you know, taking people through physical therapy and then transitioning them on to a fitness routine that allowed them to, you know, lose weight and, and build strength and bulk and do all of these things that they were never able to do before. So yeah. I just saw the opportunity for it. And I, I, I jumped right on top of it. And I told the guys at the hospital, I'm like, listen, man, you know, good luck. But, right. you know, this, this is not, this well, is not for me. Well, the thing is that that doesn't make you a, you know, a lot of people when they, I feel like when they're working in those type of positions where it's like, you know, you got the 401k, you got all the good stuff. It's a safety net. It's a safe place to be. Right. And also you're doing, you know, you're doing good work. You're working with people who, um, you know, defended our country. Um, but you should never feel bad because if you're not happy, none of that really matters. Right. A lot of that stuff goes out the window. You could go there from nine to five, put your time in, you know, have a couple of good stories, but at the end of the day, you're going home unfulfilled. Yeah. A lot of people have a hard time uh, living for themselves. A lot of people live for other people, which is a, which is a, a beautiful thing to do. Don't get me wrong. Like, like you said, you want to get your family out the hood and, but you realize you could get your family out the hood doing what you want to do as well. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people have a hard time being consciously selfish. And by I, I feel like the word selfish gets a very bad rap, uh, but it is very important to be selfish when you need to be selfish when it comes to your career, because your career is your career. If you can't be happy with your career this day and age, what are you going to college for? What are you putting the time in for? It's usually for other people make your family happy, make parents happy. So, you know, I'm sure that conversation didn't go over well with some members of your family. No. Um, and at that point you had to realize that you knew what the best was for you. What was your family's reaction to you being like, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Well, you know, they were, they were supportive. Like I said, my dad had made that choice before, but as a parent, there's always a bit of apprehension you know, you want what's best for your kid. You don't yeah, want I did this so you don't have to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like, is this something that you really want to do? Because at the end of the day, you know, that there is no turning back when it comes to this, you know? I mean, once you start taking time away from these jobs, when you go to apply later down the line because your business failed, it doesn't look as good on your resume. It doesn't, you mm. know, like, like they don't, people don't like to see gaps. <laughs> yes. What, you know? what, what Potential employers, they, yeah, they don't yeah, yeah. see gaps. So, you know, you, you, you take that risk and, you know, again, I had the, I had my dad and, and, you know, at the end of the day, they all had my back, which is beautiful. Huge. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, so it, it really helped a lot 
to give me that courage to push forward. I, I had a, I have a great support support system, man. Very know? important. Very important. Nice to have that. So, um, so let's talk about the culmination, the, the, the creative process that went into the Vega method. Uh, can you give us just a little bit of, uh, you know, the salesman's pitch uh-huh. of, uh, of the Vega method and how you actually built this from the ground up on your own, being an entrepreneur in the health industry? Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, I had spent so much time dealing with the physical aspects of health for a long time, you know, whether it was rehab, whether it was fitness, personal training, you know, that was very, very comfortable to me, you know, and I wound up building a very solid business. But one of the things that I I began to notice was that I wasn't, I wasn't able to achieve the kind of connection that I had anticipated I would early on. And that was because, and that was because I wasn't considering the emotional component to injury, the emotional component to uh, fitness. You know, there was a lot of people that, you know, were, were hitting walls that they couldn't penetrate through, you know, because they were thinking that physical fitness was the way to solve every problem, you know? Right. Uh, people are way more confident, you know, with their fitness routine than they are with, you know, mental therapy or things like meditation. So. You know, I, I wound up having a profound spiritual experience about five years ago. And what that did, that opened up the gateways for me to be able to sort of see things at a much uh, more well-rounded approach, which included deep navigating uh, chronic injury, right? chronic injury and how the, the mental aspects of it are, are, are can't have the potential to, to inhibit, to, to hold back any sort of progress that you're making. So, you know, what I really began to start integrating more into the, the physical was the, the meditation work, was the meditative movements, not just in the form of just sitting still, but also integrating that into our movements, integrating it into boxing and into kickboxing, you know? mm. which when you really look, you break down martial arts, that stuff was always integrated into it. You know, you look out far out, far out East, you know, in China, you know, they've been doing this stuff for thousands of years. Oh yeah. Even especially there was people that I knew that um, there, there was a a Japanese gentleman that lived next to me. Uh, He would, he would do Tai Chi every day. Yeah. Yeah. So he, 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 he is a perfect combination of them both. Yeah. And he would just go out there and do his thing. People would walk by and laugh because it's a it's not a Western culture thing. Of course, yeah. And, but he didn't care. He just was out there and was taking care of his mental health. He'd never really think about it like that. No, he, he was in touch with his soul, man. You know, yeah. he made connections. That guy, did the same way I did, like I wound up making connections that I never even knew were possible. Well, what was the profound moment? Can you share it with us? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I, I've shared it before, you know, and and – I tell you, it, it's for me, open mindedness is always the key. You know, right. for me, I, I knew by the time I was 35 years old, I was, I was, you know, I was married. Uh, I, I just had a child and I knew that, that there was a lot of stuff that I needed to work on that I needed to address in order to be a better father. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was starting to kind of have some of the, the, the same issues that my dad had early on and I needed to, to address those, you know, for me and for my family. So I, I, I wound up dabbling in plant medicine, 
So uh, I had a, an amazing friend who had gone to Peru and who had done the, the rounds as a, as, a, as a shaman in training. And he was working with ayahuasca and, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do. I just never had the courage to do it. And I never saw myself, you know, working my way down to South America to take, you know, two weeks to do this thing, which is what traditionally you need. Uh, but it, it turned out that he wound up doing it, learning how to, to do the proper method. And he brought it over here, you know, um, not the most Dope. thing, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, he wound up taking me on, on a journey, you know, so I, I went on a journey with him. Is that, is that, is now, is that kind of like DMT kind of? It's exactly DMT. So DMT it's exactly DMT. Is, 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 yeah. Dimethyltryptyline is the, the most. Now we're talking. Yeah. That's the most fundamental chemical that's inside. Once you combine the, the, the plant and the vine together. Oh, okay. Got so it. it's so amazing, right? Like these, these shamans in, in the woods, you know, in, in, in the Amazon forests, right? They knew either some form of highly sophisticated civilization came to them and educated them, or they somehow knew to take this plant and this vine and bring them together to create this potent uh, uh, serum right. that has the potential to help you really dive deep into yourself so so you so you did this down there or you did it here here i did it here oh wow i did it here yeah okay so tell i i need to hear everything about this fucking thing now (laughs) of course man of course so 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 your boy goes to peru yeah does whatever he has to do trains learns how to do it yep man's comes back to america yep and it's like joe let me take you on a journey. Or were you the one that were like, listen, I've been interested in this shit. Well, it was a little bit of both, but he, the, the way that medicine works, it, it almost has to be calling for you. And oh, okay. Yeah. So, so he saw me struggling. Like he saw, he saw the, the struggle that I was enduring and, and he came over and he's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's that time, man. It's that time. So tell me about the day. <laughs> tell me about the day before, during, after let's let's get into the whole thing no beautiful man absolutely yes you know before you get into it before that day happens you go on what we call a dieta right which is a diet a specific diet that it allows you to sort of balance and and cleanse out the vessel that that is you right okay yeah so when we speak energetically you know we're, we're all made up of energy right again the asians knew about the chi and you've got your chakras, you know, that, that's a separate conversation that we can right, start right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole idea is to clean yourself out, to balance yourself out, and to not have your body processing other things while you're, you're on your journey, right? So, so what, what is that? Just like a lot of water? Well, leading up to it, you know, it's usually three to four weeks that you take, which sounds like a lot. But you wow, so there's like a full-on regimen. Yeah. So you do three to four weeks. It depends how, how deep you want to go. You know, like there are people that they, Wild. they go a week before and, and listen, you get out of it, what you put into it. You know, right. for me, I, I was like, listen, man, something's going to happen bad if I don't change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> if this doesn't work. Like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, think people are going to start disappearing. So, <laughs> so at the end of the day, I, I made the choice and it was, you know, early on, uh, it was a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, you know, I, st- I, you wean off of like the red meat. So I came off the red meat, 
you know, as you get closer and closer, it's like you wean out things. So I could still eat fish like two to three weeks out. But once you're in one inside one to two weeks from the day, you know, you want to cut out like the heavy proteins. That's wild. Uh, yeah. Once you get into like that week out, you know, it's almost like, cause for me as a former athlete, like I, I could get into it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You could know the right things. Yeah. So I've competed, you know, I've done powerlifting meets, you know, for me, it's like, all right. Okay, cool. Like, like I can do this. I've, I've done, I've done things to get my weight down, to get my weight up. So right. it that was the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, but you know things like sex, like you have to abstain from sex. So you didn't have sex for a month. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a long ass month. No sex. red meat and no sex. I'm good. Yeah, sex, alcohol, uh, weed. Right. People so you, like, can't, oh. you, you can't burn in between. No, you can't. Yeah. I mean, wow. what, I mean, what they say is is the goddesses are, are jealous. Like you have Mary Jane, and then you've got Mama Aya. Like they, they don't, they don't like to hang out. You know, if you can, you can envision those two hot women that, you know, that they're kind of, you know, they respect each other, but they don't hang. They might have some crap to talk about each other. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's who they are. You know, it's, ah. it's like so you kind of have to be in the clear with that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I did it, you know, and, and it, it was a lot of work, but you know, again, like he had said that that wasn't the hardest part. Yeah. So Once, the day comes, right? The day comes, you know, and, and we were up in the, in the Catskills, you know, without giving too much information. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got to um, keep the practice where it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, we were upstate uh, Catskills. We have a, we had a mutual client that, uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful compound. I even a house like a compound. Oh, uh, yeah. Because ambiance is ambiance is a big thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, setting is is very very important. So uh, you know, the the more the further you are away from from the city, you know, the more you're you're around nature. All right. They say that that you're able to sort of step into it a little bit better, right? Oh yeah. And, and okay. Have a, a better experience. So yeah, a lot of the grounding, you know, being close with with the trees and and you know just being away from a lot of the the congestion that, that uh, the city holds, you know? Um, so the day comes and, you know, you, you're nervous. You're nervous, man. Yeah, you, know? you gotta be, right? Yeah, super nervous. So- Like, are you nervous in terms like, I don't wanna do it anymore? Or you're nervous, you just wanna get it over with? Well, you know, everybody talks about the purging. You know, everyone, you know, yes. that's like the thing that freaks people out the most is, is the throwing up. And that's the one thing that I've always, like I've always hated. Like, I, I, like yeah. you know, most people, like, we, we don't like throwing up. Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan. Yeah. So that, and, and just the, the whole idea of like not being in control, it, it, you know, if you're a control freak, which yeah. we all are to some degree. For sure. It, 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 Especially it, if you're an entrepreneur. You're yeah. A, you're a control yeah. Freak. Like you need to know projections and, and what's it going to be like and what can I expect, you know, and, and that's, it's really difficult when you don't. So, yeah. which is actually, you know, what, once you get into it, you learn, like, that's like the first lesson you know oh like, okay the first lesson is you know like how, how much are you really in control but we'll, yeah. we'll get into that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh but you know first day you come we, we go to the to the place because i'm actually with my wife you know during oh time, cool which i don't recommend to do don't do it with your wife don't do it with anybody go by yourself <laughs> okay um but you know i'm there and you know it's a sundown ceremony so six o'clock p.m you get there early, we check in, it's an overnight thing, it's two days. Uh, and you know, so you pick your room, 
you get into it. We do, we do the orientation. Um, you know, you bring a little booklet where we write down our intentions, the things that we attempt to, to work on, right? This is my, this is my intro into intentions because I, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. For me, it's like goals or whatever, you know, for, but it's all about intentions. So, you know, you have a few things that you want to work on, a couple things you want to clear. Um, we get that out of the way during the orientation. He breaks down exactly, you know, what, what is going to be happening, what the medicine does. Um, you know, he, he always does a, a questionnaire. So leading up to it, you know, there, there's an, it's an extensive questionnaire that lays down everything, but he just reiterates that in person just to make everybody comfortable. Right. Um, you know, and then once, once you break there, it's like, you can roam around, you know, uh, but no food, no food, no water. Fasting. It's like, like two hours out, man. And, and when, when somebody tells you, you can't eat a drink for that long, you know, what's the first thing you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> so you start yeah. feeling your throat drying up. You Doing know? this and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn, I don't want to drink and I can't drink. And, damn, you know, man. but I tell you, it, it's um, the first night we took the medicine. It's a beautiful setup. You know, he's, they, they have their Mesa, which is the, if you ever familiar with, you know, a, a, a religious or, or, um, or a spiritual ceremony is basically just a table with all these little shrines and crystals, you know, stuff that's there to kind of balance out the energy in the room. And right? calm the, for the transition too. Exactly. Yeah. So, so alongside the, the actual, uh, um, uh, uh, serum, the, the eye, the eye of serum, you've got all the, 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 the crystals and all the associated things that, that are specific to the shaman because it may be different for every shaman. Right. It's, it's their own flow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's what he uses to control the space and to keep you safe. Mm. So, you know, we, we go in and you always have the, the chance to ask for more cup. Like if you're sitting there and you're going through it and you realize that, you know, like it isn't enough, I need to have more. So you can ask for more. Um, so my, my first... Uh, instance drinking, you know, it's so amazing because I could tell you the exact moment that that first drop hit my stomach and immediately I knew I was going to throw up. <laughs> really? As, as soon as you, what did it taste like? Did it taste like yeah. anything? It tastes like, oh my God, it tastes like nothing you've ever tasted before. Yeah. Okay. If you could think like the worst cough medicine that you've ever had before, not okay. the pink one. Not the pink one that, that we all got because we came from the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all had the same doctor <laughs> yeah. with the same pink pink. Say it wasn't that bubblegum uh, shit. No, no, no. It was it was that dark, dark brown Ugh. you know, cough syrup that you know that you shit had, you hated when it was coming to you on the spoon. You're like, oh I yeah, get this shit out of here. Yeah, you just ran. You saw your mom yeah. coming and you just booked it, right? Rather, yeah, you'd rather die yeah. than drink that shit. No, dude, like that that was the closest that I think I that I can the closest analogy that I could get to it was that. So you literally feel it go down your entire. Yeah. You go, it goes down shows. that first drop hits the belly and I'm like, fuck, it's a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and there's a couple of people there with me and I'm like, man, I'm going to be the first person to throw up. <laughs> so, so you, you did it. Yeah. Your friend did it again. 
Yeah, well, he he was the the shaman. So everybody that does it, they all they all drink. Everyone does it. Everyone's in on it. If you're there, you have to be in. Like, oh, so there's there's like no like uh like a you know like shroom. Like a, there's a shroom spotter. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. Well, even the shroom, if, if it's a legit ceremony, like you you need to even if it's a microdose, like you need to be on it. Yeah. That's the uh, that's how they see that you're in. You know, like you're yeah. like you're going in. You know, like yeah. we're on the other. We need to have one foot on the other side. So. You can't be there if you're just a casual spectator. So. All right. So you get it. You feel that drop. You feel like you're going to throw up. Let's yeah. get, get right to it. Did you yeah. throw up? You get the bucket, right? They, they give you these plastic buckets and they're letting you know, like, it, it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> and throw up. Don't throw up on the floor. Throw up here. Or if you feel like you can go, you know, run to the bathroom, go run to the bathroom. So everyone's sitting there with their bucket. And I hit it. It, it, it hits my stomach. And I will tell you in less than five minutes, I'm peeled over, just going to town, man. And I'll tell you the, 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 the vomiting from ayahuasca is some of the most violent, most vile thing that you will ever feel. Really? It is like somebody literally going down into your mouth and pulling stuff out that's been there for years. Yeah. And, And the, and the, the messed up thing about it is that you're doing it and the crazy thing is like you don't see a lot of fluid, you know, like it, it's no. a, lot, a lot of it is gagging. A lot of it is is this release of all of this tension and, and energy right. that's been pent up in your system. And that's coming out, you know, along with some fluid. Right. But it's not like the amount of fluid that you would expect for the intensity level. Yeah. Well, plus, like you're kind of fasting. Yeah. yeah. You know, you haven't been eating that much. So your stomach's probably kind of running yeah. empty already. Yeah. But you know what? It, what that allows it allows the medicine to go in and do what it has to do on a get into your bloodstream. You know? Yeah, like it can get to the gut because that's where the majority of most people's problems are. They, they originate in the gut. And All right, first place. Yeah, you're in the bucket. Mm. Your head comes out of the bucket. Yeah, yeah. Take us on and, a journey, bro. And then, and then, you know, the first night for me, you know, it, it wasn't as good as the second night, but the first night. This is why I tell you, don't ever do it with somebody that you really care about because I was laying down on my couch and I'm hearing my wife going through shit. And I'm like, damn, man, she she's going crazy. Yeah, she's tripping. You start stressing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Die. She's going to die. Like, what am I going to tell her parents? You know, so it, it takes away from your experience. And what I, what I got initially, I lay down, I go in and it was crazy. It was, it was, you know, you get the geometric shapes, you know, you get, that's the mm. first thing that you see. Um, and then after the geometric shapes, you go through colors, you feel nauseous, you're feeling weightless, you're feeling like you're drifting out in space. Um, you know, you feel like you're not in the room anymore, you know? Yeah. So, it's wild. Yeah. So, so for me early on that, that was my first day. It was stress, geometric shapes, you know, I had some, some minor, minor breakthroughs, but I hadn't, I hadn't gone in the way that I wanted to go in. And okay. I, was, I was a little disappointed, right? Night, I'm going to fast forward to yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the meat of it. I'm going to go to night two, right? Because okay. night two was when I had the, the transcendental moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, so I go in and he gives me the first cup and the first cup... I lay down probably for about 30 seconds. I purge, 
right? Right, right. I, I would say 30, 30 seconds to a minute. As soon as I drink again, I'm like the first guy down on my knees purging. Um, and then I lay down uh, and I start getting some glimpses of color. I start getting some glimpses of some geometric shapes. Uh, but then I, I begin to get frustrated because it's not happening as quickly as I want it to. Right. So, so I would imagine like 30 minutes go by and I, I grew impatient. And that's when the shaman asks you, okay, does anybody here feel like they want another cup? Right. And I was like sitting there, I'm like, shit, man. I need to get another cup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. I, 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 I have not come all the way over here to, to, you know, go through all of this and go through my month to leave with just some shapes and some colors, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. So I'm like, you could have stayed in the hood for that. I'm like, let's go, let's do it. Right. So I treated it like, like a Patron shot. I'm like, let's go more shots. So I go, I pull up to the guy and, you know, he taps you on the shoulder and he gives you the second cup and, you know, immediately, like I can feel the difference. It was like fire going down into my yeah, it was like wow. fire. So I go back over to the couch and I lay down and I will tell you not even five minutes later, it's like I, I push past the colors and the shapes and I get to this upper layer of blue and purple and I begin to notice that there's like four or five energies in the room with me. And they aren't the people, they aren't the people that are there with me. Right. So they aren't the, you know, they aren't the other people that are on the medicine. Right. And if, if I, if I tell you what, what happened is very similar to like a UFO abduction. Okay. Right? So if, if you, if you think back to a lot of the, the, the common commonalities with the UFO experience, you get guys, you know, guys or females that get abducted, you know, they wake up, they're on a ship and they're on a table and they have people, they have these, these, these aliens, these entities that are over them, sort of right, right. probing them and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and I'll tell you, that, that is more or less what I was experiencing. So my, the couch that I was laying on turned into a table. And I wasn't, I wasn't in that room anymore. I was, I was in another facility somewhere else. You transcended. I was on a table. These energies, there was one energy that came up to me and took its hand, right? And went right into the right into my face and just started pulling my face apart. So I was, it was like block by block. If yeah. you can envision it was like Drake in that sprite commercial. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So just pulling blocks out and like pulling it to the side, like all through my body. Going like you were down. a machine. Yeah. And just pulling it, pulling it. Right. And, and I didn't know, obviously, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm just, yeah, you're, I'm so just you're letting chill. it go. But you're chilling though, right? I, I'm chilling because it, it, oh, okay. it, like, it's not like there's pain associated right. with it. You know, it's a very calming experience where wow. the people that you feel there are, are, you feel this love that you've never felt before, you know, and this is Wild. what begins. Yeah. Which is insane. I feel this love that, you know, there's one that's like, okay, just, just relax just relax, just let him do his thing. He, he goes in, then another one comes over and he has like this like bright orb in his hand and he goes and he puts it in the middle of my head, right? And as soon as that happens, the whole room lights up. And now it's like a light purple, it's like a light blue, right? And I begin to take off, dude. Like I took off and I went straight about oh. as high up. Yeah, I, I dude. It, 
I shot straight up, right? And you could see, like, you could see and feel yourself ascending. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and I'm I'm all the way up, and I I wind up landing in this place where that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm in this place where you know there's like dozens, maybe even hundreds of people. And they're all standing there. And as soon as I get up, I come up. And as soon as they see me, they, they're all like this, like, like around yeah. the Like, yo, you made it, bro. Like you made it. Like, yes, like we've been waiting for you. You know, like we've been waiting for you all this time. And we're so happy to see you, you know. And then on top of that, you know, we love that you brought your wife with us. Because what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to marry you guys here. Right. So you guys are going to be married in that life and you guys are going to be married in this life. Too. So you're all she's there, too. She's there, too. And she's going through her own thing. Right. But I, I've decided, you know what, man, I'm here for me. And you spoke about like self selfish. And yeah. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. I finally said, you know, like th- this is me. Like I, I, I got to work on my my stuff. Right. You know? So I, I buckled down and I tuned everyone else out in the room. And I just took off on my journey, literally. And I tell you, when I when I tell you, Danny, the amount of love that I felt, that's that crazy. Room, it, it was, I tell you, it, it was the most profound thing that I've ever felt in my life. And I've had children. I have a child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> married. All right. I have great parents. Right. That's so it's not like I've never felt love in my life, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. But this kind of love, it sort of, it like transcended everything. You know, that's and, wild. And, and that was my introduction to my guides, <laughs> my peoples. Um, and, and they basically, I had one of them, they took me over to the side and he pointed out, I knew it was a masculine energy and he pointed out to this wall and I looked far across and it was this huge yeah, yeah. wall and it was all of these little dots that like, like little orbs, lights on the wall and they were all basically souls. And he's like, this is, this is where you come from. And this is when you die, you know, when you do things right, you come back over here. Oh, shit. So, yeah. And then, yeah. And then it got, and then it got crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then it got crazy. Cause I, as quickly as I went up, uh, I, I saw this, this like horrible, hideous, uh, like devil looking being that was there with me. I saw him, and as soon as I saw him, I like shot straight back down into my body, and I purged my ass off. I literally jumped off of the the couch and into my bucket, and I was just hurling for like about I would say probably like about five minutes. So, the first thing I'm gonna ask is obviously not for the show, but yeah. did you film this? No, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I. You could. I mean, some people are doing that, but you yeah, know, they're filming it. Like, especially people that smoke it. Like, they'll they'll, they'll film it. Yeah, but again, you know, like you do that, you run the risk of of you know getting yeah some, people in trouble. The practice is obviously you know? still yeah. So, so, you know, without you know getting like too personal into the things that you had to fix, unless you want to share them. But mm-hmm. when you got there, when you got back from this fucking wild experience yeah uh what were the things that changed for the better and then did anything change like for the negative when you did it Mm. yeah 
Well, you know, one of the first things that I learned was to stop looking at things positive and negative. <laughs> oh, shit. Look at that. Things just are, right? It, oh. it, my dad, he always says that annoying generic comment, you know, it is what it is. You know, right. it's so funny. Like, I've always hated him saying that. And you wind up saying it, too, because it's your dad. And you I just, say it all the time. Yeah. But, but that is exactly what it is. You know, it isn't positive. It isn't good or bad. It just is. And you need to either, you know, fix things or you need to like, let it be, you know, and for me, one of the, when I first came out of it, you're very sensitive. You're very, oh, yeah. I just be like, oh, oh don't you're sensitive. Yeah. You're sensitive from an emotional standpoint, Yeah, but you're also sensitive in terms of the, the foods that you eat, the things that you drink you know, the people that you're around, this is, this is like when you start realizing that you do have some empath qualities, right? So this is, yeah. So now I can feel what you feel, right? Yeah. If you come to me and because I'm a physical therapist, I'm working with my hands and I'm so close to people. So early on for me, it was very difficult. I didn't learn how to filter out people's crap. You know, like I, I would have somebody come to me that, I've always suspected had some, some stuff, some negative stuff attached to them. Right. But once you see them from the other side and you start working on them, you, you really get a good picture of it. You really get to feel it. And, and like, you, you could know, see, you could see it in them. You could see it, but not with your eyes. It's yeah. No, but you feel, you feel it. Yeah. It's like, it's almost, they have like a, like a glow in them, but like, you can't see it. You feel glow, it. For me, I, I'm, I'm a feely person. Like I, I feel things. Right. You know, like I yeah, feel yeah, yeah. Stuff. me too. I, I, I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm so seeing for me, like I'm still working on seeing things. Uh, and part of it is because I'm just not ready to see certain things. But for me, seeing for me is, is feeling. I, and, and I could feel when I feel it, I can see it. I can, I can kind of program it in my brain as to what it may look like, you know? Oh. So all that happens kind of in a split couple of, uh, of minutes, yeah, seconds, right? As soon as you get to my now, it's like, if you come see me, you know, like I, I know how to filter it out. So that way right. I could, I could turn it on and I could turn it off. You come in, you know, we work together and it allows me to, to not be bombarded by what you're going through. And to be able to feel a little bit of it, cut so through it though. It, I can get, I can give you the empathy, right? And I could be wow. there for you. And then, bam! But I, I can assess, you know, and be objective, right? And not, not, not let your pain and your emotion dictate the 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 outcome of what's here, because the main objective is is to heal, is is to make you feel better, right? Yeah, yeah. Part of that is again not using good or bad, positive or negative, just telling you how it is. Right. So, so in the beginning that, you know, you're, you're an amateur, I will tell you, man, one of the biggest things that happened early on with, we call it the integration process or, or reassimilating yeah. is, is you wind up actually developing another layer of depression. Right. So oh, I'm you, sure. Cause, cause you've yeah. reached that level of love. That's like yeah. unattainable. You reach, you reach that, but then also it's, it's, you know, you got people that you love and people that you care about, you know, if you have a good, you know, cause something good happens to you business-wise, you know, you could speak to them and, and, you know, they'll be able to understand, but you have a, this, this much of a profound thing happen to you. You know, there's, there's nobody that you can really talk to about. It. Yeah. They, they, they can't get it. Like yeah, as, even as much as you're explaining it to me, it's like, I'm not going to get this though. Yeah. But, but you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that unless you have that kind of support group, 
right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Which, which is, a, you know, people that have taken the medicine and have gone through this. You know, my guy, he was in Bali. You know, he did uh, what he did with us, and then he got on the plane and went to 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 the other side of the planet. So savage. Yeah. So, it, but but that's you know he had to do what he had to do, and and, and that's okay. Right. Right. But you're kind of stuck there going through this, and and it was a lot of a lot of loneliness, man. Like a lot of different. That's wild. Yeah. Totally, so, totally understandable, but it's like yeah, the yeah. emotions are just like. Yeah. No, man. It, it, see, it's it affected my marriage. It affected my ability to be a dad because, you know, you're going through all the things that you have to do while you're trying to navigate this journey, which wow. just compounds things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes a lot at once. So you're kind of addressing all of those things head on. Yeah. Um, how much how much of that experience has, uh, you know, bled over into the Vega method? Like, let's talk about the Vega method now. Like sure. the, the, the comprehensive trauma assessment. Yeah. How much comes from your your experience into that practice? Well, it's a massive, massive amount. You know, I mean, aside from the physical assessment stuff, you know, being able to understand chronic injury, your pain, what that means, um, your limitations, you know, but understanding that, you know, somebody that comes to me with lower back pain, how that lower back pain, yeah, how that lower yeah. back pain doesn't just impact their ability to, to exercise, like, it impacts your ability to sit for long periods of time. It impacts yep. your ability to be in the car, to, to sleep, to have sex, you know, like these are the- It makes, you anxious. It makes you anxious. Yeah, exactly. So you have the injury and you get the resulting depression and anxiety, okay? They usually go hand in hand, right? Yes. This is again, like me getting into this more and more, I, I, I'm, I have a much better relationship. I mean, I suffered from anxiety. I had, you know, you said you had a breakdown, like I've had multiple- multiple anxiety attacks like yeah. hardcore you know and, and i never understood what that was before no there know? was before i had like the full-on breakdown i went to the emergency room like 19 nights in a row yeah yeah well what i wound was up that, was that bad yeah well, well what i wound up getting from my experience was the understanding of where that trauma came from you mm. know understanding i was able to see yes. the in my life that brought me to that point Right. That brought me in. You know, I, I you know, listen, I, I come from a Latin background and, you know, I, I'm, I'm like best friends with my dad. Right. right. Like he's, he's actually he's helped me build my studio, my business, you know, but the reality of it is, 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 you know, he cheated on my wife. Uh, right. my mom. Uh, yeah. He cheated on my mom. Right. Yeah. So that that was one of the biggest my first initial traumas that I didn't know. That that's a big that's still held. And that's a big, yeah, of course. And that, that, listen, that's a big, that's a big trust uh, thing, but also projects how, you know, our fathers are supposed to be the blueprint for who we are to be as men, right? Regardless if we like it or not, we grew up liking Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson and Cole, but these guys are not our dads. Our dads are what we see. Those are the people, you know, who become the blueprint for men that we are. And, and we share DNA. So there's a big thing there. Scientific. Totally. Yeah. You know, uh, when. Even though you love your father and, you know, we all love our fathers and they cheat and you know about it, there's going to be something there that you're going to take your whole life. It's going to be there. In mm -hmm. um, that situation. Have you since you've. I'm, I'm just using transcended because that's what it is. Since you've transcended, has your relationship with your father gotten better? 
Oh, it, my, my relationship with him was, was amazing since I was a teenager, you know, right. he, he realized what he did and, you know, he brought another life into this world who, who's my, you know, my half brother. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think anybody was, was more hurt than him. Right. And I, and I got to a point in my life where, you know, I knew harboring bitterness and resentment on a surface level wasn't going to be helpful moving forward, you know, for but, him or for you. Yeah. But, and this is, this is the thing with trauma, right? You can forgive, but your body won't let you forget. Right. Right. Your subconscious, which is, is I tell you, once you get into the medicine, once you get into plant medicine, that's when you're introduced to your subconscious state. All right. That's where you go. That's where you have the ability to kind of re rewire your circuitry to kind of remove, you know, rid yourself of some of these traumas. Yeah. That is where you store all of these incidents, man, whether it was the, the moment of infidelity by a parent, whether, you know, it was a parent leaving, you know, I had the misfortune of having my best friend pass away at 19 years old. You know, he was 19, you know, and I didn't realize how much, how I, how that impacted my decisions. Oh yeah. Right. So when I, that affected me all the way to the point where I got to my, with my wife, who I knew from early on, I was going to settle down with. She was just perfect in every way, but I would have these kick-ass panic attacks Mm -hmm. in her presence. And I never understood it. I would say to myself, why, why am I doing this? I'm happy. Okay. And then once I started getting into the work, I started realizing that that is my feelings of abandonment kicking in, Mm. right? That's me. That's my subconscious saying to me, you know what, dude, don't get too comfortable because she's going to do, you're going to do something that is going to mess this up. Okay. She is going to, she's going to find somebody else. She's going to leave. Don't get too comfortable. All right. That was my subconscious, my ego saying to me, Right. Right. You know, be on the lookout, be on guard. And as soon as you hit that wall, right, it kicks in as a defense mechanism. Yes. yes. So, so this is the thing with trauma. Right. And, and I talk a lot about duality, meaning there's two sides to every coin. Right. right. Your trauma. People think, oh, trauma, bad, bad, bad. Remember, trauma is at its core. It's a defense mechanism. OK. It's a defense mechanism because you've been hurt. All right, and underneath all the muscle and in, in the in, in the external, all right, your body, your your in your 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 soul and your 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 subconscious doesn't want you to get hurt again, right? For, yeah, our bodies at all times are trying to protect us. That's all exactly. they want to do. So yeah, so the Vega method for me is understanding that, you know, when I have a client who suffers from lower back pain, who suffers from knee pain, whatever. There, there is an emotional and a spiritual meaning energetic, right? And I clarify spirituality. It's, it's non-denominational. We're not talking religion. Right. Okay. Spirituality is, is at its core, just your personal evolution with, within right. yourself, okay? Your ability to work on yourself, to elevate to, to your most authentic Self. Right. I'm happy you clarified that because a lot of people, when they hear that, you know, they think that sure. yeah. uh, there so has to be a religion tied uh, to it. Non-denominational, you know, and I will tell you a lot, of, a lot of the people that I work with, you know, they're, they're Jewish, you know, some are Orthodox Jewish, you know, right. 
And these are the people that they understand, like, there's a separation. I'm not trying to convert you over to anything. No. I'm just trying to maximize your authenticity. Right? There's, a sci- there's a science to authenticity. There really yeah. is. Yeah. And, and what I try to do because of, of what I, the way I see things now and how everything is interconnected, okay, your, your lower back pain could potentially be giving you depression, right? Yes. And that's nothing new. That's nothing new. Right. Well, because all the limitations that you have, like we, we have data on that from the 90s. Oh, like for sure. We knew that, that there were correlations between that. But once we get into the energy comp- component and looking at things from a spiritual basis, OK, we start to understand that there's there's uh, energy centers throughout your body. OK, and there is your, your root chakra. There's your sacral chakra. Okay, and you don't have to. I, I'm done with like trying to, you know, convert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. <laughs> again, I just, I just refer you over to the Chinese again, who've been doing this for thousands of years. Yeah. Go read their books, and and you could familiarize yourself with that. Yeah, but, and, they, and they look 27 when they're 80 years old. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, when you have that lower back pain, you've got the the chakra energy that's out of whack. Okay. And when that happens, those chakra centers are basically in line with your hormonal glands. Okay. So the hormonal glands are lined up perfectly with every chakra. So that means if you have an imbalance in your lower back, okay, in the, in the, horm- in the chakra there, the associated uh, 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 hormone, all right, that hormonal gland will, the, will be releasing, uh, um, you know, in an imbalanced way, hormones. Okay. So we talk about stress hormones, right? Stress is like the, the big umbrella term that we like to just throw everything into because we don't really like to talk about emotions. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, but to be, I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, what winds up happening is that you have this, this increased release of things like cortisol, which come from the root chakra because that's associated the root chakra, sacral chakra, there's, they're in line with the lower back. Right. And when you're not having sex, when you're not, you know, when you're, when you're stressing out about the most basic survival stuff, that is going to impact that lower area. So you have a connection with, from that root to your adrenal cortex, which pumps out that stress hormone. Mm. Right. So me having my spirituality out of whack and not focusing means that my hormones are racing around all over the place. All right. Unguided without a home, but without, but just without any monitoring, you know, like we're led to to believe that this stuff is like automatic and and we don't have any control over it when we do. So, Mm. you know, making those connections for people early on is the hallmark for the Vega method, because most people don't see things as together. They see it as separate individual things. You know, you got the mind and you got the body. And then I go to church for my spirituality, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Yeah. But, they're, all, they're all together. Yeah. But you, you mentioned like sadness, you know, one of the things that I'm working on a lot now I'm actually putting together a, a little documentary. I can't get too much into it, but, the, right. but, but what's behind it is the, um, the, the, the fact that most men don't know how to manage their emotions. I would they, say that's, they, pretty, I would they, say that's pretty true. 
yeah, like they, they don't, they have issues with being vulnerable and how that sort of impacts them and it impacts the community around. So, you know, someone who is suffering from depression and anxiety, you know, this is like, this, this didn't happen overnight. Like you had this problem when you were a kid, you were just really good. You know, it's like the athletes, the athletes, I always say like, they're really good at compensating. You know, we get really good at compensating uh, with our, with our emotions. And for sure. It's like a, it's like an athlete who plays with a hurt shoulder. Yeah. You know, they compensate to make it hurt a little bit less. Yeah. Or as much as that's physical or they won't play as, as much as that is, you do that with your mental too. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, the athlete's scared that, you know, somebody else is going to take their spot. So they say, screw it. I'm, I'm going to stay in there and I'm not going to say anything about it. Right. You know, but what does that do? You know, just because, you're not talking about it doesn't mean it's not negatively impacting you. Right. You might never walk again or throw again. Exactly. You know, you didn't tell somebody. Yeah. You'll just never, you'll never be happy, you know, and you carry that into every relationship. You know, you carry that into your friendships, you make your, your romantic uh, choices based off of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wind up selecting people that are just like us, you know, that are just as screwed up as we are. You know, and you've got this sort of endless vicious cycle of, of, you know, mental health where a lot of people are trying to do growth work, meaning they're trying to get better, but none of them are really healing the, the, the root cause ah. of what got them there in the first place. So what I really try to focus is finding the root, the root cause behind the issues that people come in here with, you know, and, and so that so that's the the comprehensive trauma assessment. Exactly. That's what ha- that's so what happens. That's day that. one. Day one, we got to have a good picture. You know, we have to have a right. good picture, and, and a lot of it has to do with the, you know, same way I'm here, you know, breaking down my experience for you, putting myself out there. I need know, it from you. There's this level of vulnerability that you need to have. You know, the doors closed. We're here. You come in, and you know. If you've read up on me, you know that it's it's more than just the physical aspect. Oh, yeah. No, listen, before I had you on, because uh, yeah. uh, we were supposed to film a couple days ago. So I, me being the procrastinator that I am, I read everything in one day. So it's fresh yeah. in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I read it, if I read it two days ago, my mind is so scatterbrained that I'll forget uh, my name sometimes. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm just like, if I don't do it the day of, it will leave my brain. Yeah. When I was a kid, like when I would read stuff in school, I would get halfway through the book and be like, I don't remember one goddamn thing I just read. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just one of those things. So the comprehensive trauma assessment. Mm -hmm. One question. Have you ever had anybody cry in there? All the time. Let's see. That's what I'm talking about. All the time, man. All the time. Men. Grown men. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. Men just bawling their eyes out. That is, I tell you, you know, men... Men, we talk about, you know, mass, divine masculine energy and divine feminine energy, right? And, and most people, you know, because of, of, brain, of, of, of programming, you know, by our yes. society, and, not, and this is across every culture, you know, the man is supposed to be, you know, this, this vision of, of strength, you know, vision of success and stability. And, you know, with that, there's very little... Uh, emotion there aside from happy or angry like happy and angry are the two emotions that we allow ourselves to have uh you know we go yeah. in and out of those no problem you know but when it comes to sadness and in relaying any sort of negative 
a, a, a motion that may position us to look feminine, you know, like we shoot that down straight away and right. people look, look at us like we're weak, right? And e even women, they, yes. they look at us, you know, we, we get called different names, you know, and, and it, it's it's one of those things that you, you just keep it to yourself, right? Yes. We, we, you know, we, we look at it and we see the woman and she has no problem, you know, nurturing, you know, giving, they're the ones with the empathy, and they're the healers, right? And it's, scient allowed, it's scientific. Yeah, and they're allowed to be sad, you know, like it's, yeah. it's expected, like they're gonna cry and like, oh, you're crying like a girl, right? Yeah. So, you know, but, but it's, when you get somebody to a point where they're willing to put themselves out there like that, that's the individual that's gonna see the greatest amount of, of improvement. Oh, I'd be crying. So I would be crying up in that. Good, in that good. I got two boxes of Kleenex over here. Hey, I'm in. <laughs> um, cool. The rehab fitness set, uh, session. So after you have the trauma, how much like time in between usually goes from the trauma assessment to the rehab uh, fitness? Yeah. So initially, you know, I try not to to rush people through it. Yeah. If I'm crying, I don't want to lift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listen, you know, that that may be what you need for that day. Yeah. To each you know, their own, yeah. Yeah, and for me to say, okay, you're crying, great, here's a tissue, get out there and let me see you squat, you know, like that's, <laughs> I mean, the guy's probably not going to come back. You know yeah, probably I mean? not. Exactly. So, you know, whatever it is that comes up for me, and I kind of take it, you know, on a moment by moment approach, right. where I, I take in the information and I say, okay, well, this person, they, they, they got that off their chest, they, they spoke about something that they haven't spoken to about. Other people, and they'll tell you that they're like, oh, I've never told anyone in the world this. I haven't told anybody this, and then blah blah blah, you know. And then you're like, you know, you're in the presence of of you know a release, you know, the whole release of that energy. You know, you'll see them yawn, you'll see them sneeze, you'll see them have to use the bathroom. These are all like the physical manifestations of someone releasing trauma, right? Mm. Purging. So it's not just throwing up in a bucket. You, you, you can like even yawning, like deep yawns, that is known as a purge where you're releasing uh, anxiety, when you're releasing some of the stored uh, uh, energy that's inside of you that needs to come out. So from there, you know, I would say 20, 30 minutes, I try to delegate to to the, the intro, right? The intro uh, emotional, spiritual assessment. And then we get into, you know, if you have lower back pain, we go through our, our movement assessment. Yeah. Um, you know, we go through a movement where I go through some pretty standard movements, you know, squats, lunges, uh, balance. And that's um, in the rehab. That's in the rehab component. You know, if okay. you ever had therapy or, or rehab, my objective is, is to see your pain. If I can't see your pain, then I can't fix your pain. Got right? it. So if I see you and you, you're in the squat position, the bottom of your squat position, you feel a shooting pain going down your lower back. And I know, bam. Okay, so that that I can see it, I can feel it, I, I know where it is, and this, and from there, I put you on the table. And there's a series of neurological tests that I do that's that tell me how the brain is interacting with the rest of your body. Ah, right? so we go from neuro, from the neurological component. Are the messages coming from your brain to the muscles undeterred? Right? Are they right. blocked? and obstructions that are getting obstructions that are getting in the way of that message and how do we release and allow for the for the smooth flow of that message coming from the top to the rest of the body because the um, body's 
the body, the energy cycle of the body, right? It's supposed to be this way, right? It, it might be different on your side, but a yeah. lot of people see that, you know, it comes in one side, goes around the body, and then it keeps going and going like this. But like you're saying is these things get deterred all over the place and the kind of, the body has a hard time reacting to how, where to, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Get this energy to where it's supposed to be. Sure. Yeah. Well, you have the energy, but then you actually have like the electrical impulses that come from the brain. Right. right. So when I, when I say to my, when, my, when I say to my, my brain, you know, like my brain, my, when my brain says, I want to raise my arm up, like there's a message that's coming from electrical impulse that goes down into that shoulder joint that allows me to raise my arm up. Right. So there can be an obstruction somewhere along that line. That's keeping that message from getting to its end position. Got it. Like to be able to go in. So this is a little bit less chi, a little less energy and more this like right, scientific, yeah. scientific, like exactly. these yeah. studied this shit. This yeah, that's what people understand, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a scientist first. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, you're not just going to come over yeah. there and like wave a fucking yeah, insect on someone's like, head and figure all, it out. You know, I got my master's in science, you know, yeah. like, uh, th this is all stuff that, you know, the, the, the added bonus of the spiritual side of things, the energetic side that just helps me complete the well-rounded approach. But everything I was doing before that was, was right. pretty effective. Um, yeah. So you said, uh, the, obviously, the uh, the rehab, and then you just brought up the energetic part. This is where you turn it up a little bit, and we, yeah, we yeah. like, say I came in there, we get through those two. Now we're doing the energetic fitness. Now, yeah. are you pushing me to see what my limit is now? Yeah, I'm pushing you to see where your limits are. I don't know. I don't know what this fucking move was. But <laughs> that looks more like karate. Yeah, that looks like you're gonna karate <laughs> chop somebody. Yeah, Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So. So. Yeah. So once I'm, I'm able to to see where the pain is, right? From there, you know, we could pretty much pinpoint the the energetic area or the energetic uh, portion of the body that that's being affected the most. So we concentrate a lot of attention and intention into removing the trauma which can also just be by dipping into the past and, and talking about stuff that might trigger a response in that area uh, okay. not, which is not uncommon you know um, and that's part of the whole mindfulness component that i educate people on early on and just understanding how your emotions can lead to physical manifestations of pain oh for sure or, like I, i've told my my girlfriend before like I've given myself the flu before. Yeah. Totally. Like I, I, like I just have from just believing like before COVID before everybody had thought they had something. Yeah. yeah. I could be like, yo, if I want a day off from school, I could give myself the flu for some reason. Yeah. You can. It's like, you could, you could manifest these things. You can manifest back pain, ankle pain. And a lot of it comes from fucking stress. You're going to get, you're going to get yourself in trouble, Dan. You be careful. Be careful yeah. Go next. Yeah. <laughs> Careful where you go next, man. You I know? hear you, bro. A lot of unhappy listeners if, if you... Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 right? No, no, no. But it's... um, if This is the other thing I wanted to ask you. Guided meditation versus non-guided meditation. You know... What, do, what are your thoughts? And what do you think is the best for people to practice in the long run? Yeah, well... It's so interesting that you say that. That's, that, is, that is one of the, the tougher questions that I grapple with a lot, especially when I get new clients who, you know, they're, once you say the M word, 
you know, there's this conjuring of all of these images of, of this, this yeah. Buddha, you know, in the lotus position, you know, mudras, which are like all of these hand movements, you know, that, that you know, most people don't know what the heck the, the, the meaning of them are. Right. Um, you know, you think about the breathing and, and how influential the breathing is. And it just seems like it's this really unattainable thing. Right. So what I what I equated to, I try to equate it to things that are that are very um, that resonate with them, you know, and, and for me, you know, guided meditation early on is, is is really important because it's just like a muscle that you use in a gym. Like it, the only way it gets better is by strengthening it. And sometimes you need outside instruction to help kind of guide you and get you uh, off on the right foot so you can build confidence. Right? Form, form building, too. Exactly. Yeah. So you you, you wind up getting structure which, which is important for these things you know in the beginning once the you get beginning. good at it you can freestyle and you could do some different things and you know but that's again you have to get yourself to that level but in the beginning structure is really important and i i use the uh the metronome a lot right so if you're familiar with 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 you know making music mm-hmm. and the metronome the whole premise behind the metronome is basically a beat that's very similar to a heartbeat, right? Uh, that's there. And it allows a, a focal point for the artist to create their work with that as like their foundation, right? So yeah. they can build their work around that focal point, right? Yeah, so yeah. what we do is we take the metronome and we let I, I let the client know that your breath, that your breathing is your metronome, right? So what that does, it gives you a focal point. It's a foundation. It's a beat, all right? You're going to inhale and you're going to exhale. And we can increase the interval by go breathing deep. We can increase, we could decrease the interval by shortening up our breath, okay? Uh, but that is the foundation, understanding the beat, right? Once we get the beat, right, then we could, we could begin the session, right, trying to keep that beat as as a focal point for you to fall back on if you feel your your mind drifting away because that's the number one complaint it's the center point it brings you back exactly it's just pulling you back in right so my the instructions early on you know you want to get either in, you know if you could sit up back supported i always tell people in the beginning if you're going to sit up back supported don't try to jump right into lotus position that that's not going to you're not most people don't sit like that so no then you find like, out like your foot's falling asleep and shit yeah exactly like you, you, most people don't have the hip mobility to even sit in that position no no so you know you get yourself in a semi-comfortable position not too comfortable i don't want you falling asleep right so you know if you're laying down you got pillow under your legs right um you know if you're sitting up you know legs extended right comfortable position not too comfortable don't fall asleep yeah. But begin the breathing. First, we introduce them to the breathing. Take your right hand, put it on the top of the chest. Take your left hand, put it on your belly. Okay. And what I want you to do is I want you to breathe. And as you're breathing, I want you to feel both hands moving in and out. Okay. This is the foundation for breathing. This is your diaphragm. Okay. This is the, this is the distance that your diaphragm travels mm. as you take a breath. Yeah. Okay, so once you're, I meditate. I meditate every day, so good. it's almost like guiding. So yeah. as you've been yeah. saying everything, I do it. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you get yourself in that position, right? 
you, you, you understand the muscle that you're working with mm -hmm. okay? and understanding its range and understanding the limitations that you may have. And I'll ask them, you know, wh which hand do you feel is moving more than the other? Do you feel your belly hand? Do you feel your chest, right? So if you have a lot of anxiety, I'm not gonna see a lot of movement coming from this top hand on the top of your chest. No, it's gonna be right? your diaphragm blow. Yeah, because our anxiety centers are in the chest, they're in our heart chakra, okay? So anxiety is nine times out of 10, it's, in, it's there because of something that bad, something happened that was bad in relation to a relationship. Yeah. Okay? It could be your parents, it could be a sibling, it could be a significant other, right? You hold that in your heart chakra, okay? So uh, most people that are anxious, they're anxious in the top of their chest. And the bottom hand is the solar plexus chakra, which is basically you're the area where that determines the amount of self-worth, self-esteem, your, your view of yourself, mm. okay? So if you have a lot of gut trouble, you know, if you have digestion problems, um, you know, irritable bowel syndrome is, is, is like a thing. Your gut's it's, just as important as your brain. Yeah. People have to understand that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just understanding, you know, getting used to these areas, right? Developing awareness around it and just getting them into breathing understanding the length and range of breathing right. and, and just kind of hardwiring the same way we do with our core exercises. Like this is your core principles of breathing. Right. Then I start introducing visualization to them. Okay. okay. And your guided meditations, you know, for me, like, you know, I had a guy last week and, and we're out in nature, right. He just bought a house in upstate New York and he's on his back and in the background, there's like birds chirping. There's, you know, the wind's blowing. And my whole thing is to get you in touch with your surroundings okay? right. and developing your ability to paint this internal picture, right? Being able to say, okay, well, you know how to visualize what's around you. You can visualize the birds, right? You can hear the birds. You can envision what the birds look like as they're chirping, mm -hmm. right? Developing your, 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 what we're doing is building on your intuition, Okay. Yes. And that is through this visualization process. So you can be able to internalize things since we're working internally better and not using your eyes and your all, all of these other senses and get used to flexing the muscles and diving inward. Right. Very um, much, very so. much, very much. So, and it's very difficult practice. It is like, like, like I try to tell people like um, I could do it without guided, you know, I could do it. I prefer guided because it helps me get back to my center. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that I have, uh, it reminds me to actually check in with myself. Yeah. Um, there's some, the, the day that I knew that I could meditate successfully was like the greatest day of my life wow. because I, as much as without, uh, you know, medication or, um, I was able to transcend and I literally came back. It was like being abducted by a UFO right. where I was, where I was like, dude, I don't know where I just went, but I'm back here now. And I know I wasn't here for about 10 minutes. That's dope. Yes. So, so I've gotten to that point, which is, which is a, an amazing feeling, but it took me like years. Good. It took yeah, me a while. I, I, don't I, just, mean to cut you, I don't mean to cut you off, but that, yeah. that is an important point that I want people to get out of this is that you do not need plant medicine to be the catalyst for you to have these experiences. Oh, no. 
Like, I don't want people thinking, like, oh, Joe, he's, he's the drug pusher. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, for you to do it the way you did it, like, I think that's beautiful, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you should be proud of yourself, man. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah. It took a long fucking time, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I did not believe it. Like, um, I was like, uh, I don't know. This is, like, kind of helping me calm down, but, like, I don't feel it afterwards. And then as I started taking it more and more seriously, I was able to feel the lasting effects throughout one day. Yeah. Then I was like, now this is like, I, I, I don't have a lot of panic attacks anymore. Nice. I used to have them every day, yeah. four or five a day. And with meditation and journaling, mm. seeing your actual, like the mathematics of, I had five panic attacks yesterday. Now, okay, I had two. Being yeah. able to see that and the, using the, the tools of positive uh, vis, uh, visualization, as much as it's easy to visualize something, having something scientific to back it up and having something scientific or numeric to keep track of it is an amazing feeling as well. Sure. Because, you're, because you're doing the, the whole job. You're not cutting corners. And that's what a lot of people don't understand with their mental health. Like physically, I should be, I need to be in better physical health. But a lot of my mental health is what scared me from getting better in my physical health. It's all very connected. So that was the toughest thing for me. And it still is tough for me. You know, this is a lifelong practice. Yeah. This is what, you're going to be doing it for your life. So that's what people have to understand. Don't get in the meditation for a quick fix. Don't get in the CBD for a quick fix. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying like, you know, don't swamp the toad for a quick fix. Like it's going to take work after that. Yeah, and, and as and as much as it was for you, you still had to put all that stuff in motion and get to work after. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it was an awakening that that lit your ass up. Totally. You totally. know what I mean? You know what I mean? And people need profound moments in their life. That's why um, I want to go back to what you said about positive and negatives. These could be those profound moments for you. You don't need to, you know, go to the cat skills. Uh, you don't need to have a nervous breakdown and go to St. John's hospital a bunch of times. Yeah. The, there, but there are other things. I don't look at that as a negative. Now I used to, but I don't because if I didn't go and get 10 cat scans, uh, a bunch of EKGs, blood work, I needed someone to scientifically be like, yo bro, there's nothing fucking wrong with you dudes you have to figure this out in your mental. You have to go and get this yep. checked out. We're all, especially as men, we're also trained to be like, oh, I'm having a heart attack because that's what dudes do. We have heart attacks, right? Mm -hmm. We get so stressed out or, you know, we want to beat the shit out of somebody because we're dudes. Uh, we want to yell at somebody because we're dudes. Um, we want to take everything and bury it. And I was like, dude, I, every muscle, I, I've worked out every muscle in my life before, but I never worked my brain out. Yeah. So then I started to just realize, dude, you have a lot of fucking time on your hands right now because you're making up a whole bunch of shit that's not even real. Yeah. And I'm talking about physical manifestations is what I'm talking about. To go back to what I was talking about, I was convinced I was having heart attacks. I had a brain tumor. I had all of these things. I was having blood clots. I manifested all of these things and felt the physical symptoms until I learned the science of the fight or flight system. When yeah. I learned, when I learned the science of, of, of gut health, the importance of water, these are small, small things 
that I wish that I knew and I practiced obviously from my early 20s, but now that I'm doing it now, uh, I mean, I'm 32. Mm-hmm. Now that I've been doing it now, the only thing that I regret is that I did it earlier. But, you know, everyone has their own separate journey and I've been able to actually figure out these things. And I'm, and it's I'm still learning. Talking to you today, I learned mad shit. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like this is the beautiful this is the beautiful thing about having strong mental health. And a lot of people don't talk about gut health. I like that you're very um, you're very informative all over the place. But I think what, what people will get a lot from working with you. And I do recommend everyone to go check out the Vega method. Go check it out. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm going to cry. So yeah. Just, yeah. So just get, get ready. I cry right now. That's <laughs> virtual, virtual Zoom hugs and everything. What yeah. I want to say is the thing that I've been stressing the most and trying to learn the most about now is gut health. Um, can you, in your professional opinion, obviously we're talking about how everything is connected what are the main components of gut health and what are the, like something that people don't know the listeners about gut health that they should know and should be an everyday practice without giving away too much of your stuff. Cause you know, everyone's got to make money out here. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, man. I mean, if we can help anybody today, you know, who's going through for sure problems, you know, I, I try, I try to steal a little bit for free, a little bit. Yeah, oh, no, that's okay, man. No, please. please. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. You know, I tell you, once we understand the three different levels of, of being, you, we understand that there isn't just a physical component to gut health. And what are the three? So you've got the mind, body, spirit, spirit. right? So we've got the mind, body, spirit. And, and in that gut, right, we have natural flora. We have natural bacteria that's inside that gut. And it's unique to every individual, right? So that's why you might have allergies that might be different than mine. Do, right? do, you, re- do you recommend getting checked for food allergies? You totally. Yeah. No, yeah. If, you, if you've, I mean, obviously again, it's just one component, but you know, you might want to check those boxes off, you know, yeah, for sure. That's one of those things you have to ask for, you know, obviously when they do blood work on you, they're not going to just randomly do, no. you have to get that from your doctor, from your general practitioner. I would recommend, you know, you go to a nutritionist uh, if you do have gut issues, because there's limitations with what your doctor can tell you. And that's just fact that, uh, you know, I hate to be the one to break it to you that your doctor doesn't know everything, doesn't know a whole lot about nutrition, which is the no. sad part, which is why most people are have you know battled some form of digestive or stomach issue. For sure, uh, you know, understanding that what your family, what your parents had, is not necessarily something that you're going to have in relation to your gut or in, in relation to your health. Um, it's really behavioral, so. If you follow the same sort of patterns that you know everyone in your culture, I mean, we're, we're, we're Latino, right? Yeah. Italian, which you, you got double whammy, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I always kid around like my, my super wife, ugly. Yeah, my, my wife and I got married in, in Italy, so I'm, I'm like I was Italian in my last life. Like I, I just know it. <laughs> How beautiful is that country? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh man, Jesus Christ. It, yeah. It's, yeah. I'm definitely missing out on not being able to travel there, but I know. You know, like. Having that, you know, that background, if you, if you eat the same things that your family ate, that your mom and your dad ate, you're, you're probably going to have the same problems that they have. Yeah. Same choices. Sure. You do the same things. You drink the same booze. 
you guys are going to have the same problems and it has nothing to do with being hereditary. So that's one thing. Uh, understanding that any sort of unresolved issues that you have around your confidence, right? The way you look at yourself, okay? Most people walk around and they don't have confidence in themselves, okay? That's true. Confidence with what they do for a living. Um, they're constantly looking on social media what other people are doing and they try to emulate that. Um, that will translate into gut problems as well. And what do we do? You know, we, 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 we feel down, we feel bad about ourselves that we're not doing or look the way we want to look or feel the way that we should be feeling. So we, we eat comfort food, mm -hmm. right? Because it makes us feel better, right? The food, you know, nine times out of 10 is, is, is going to make us feel good. It's going to release the chemicals in our brain, the, those endorphins and you're going to get that release that's just going to make you feel so good in that moment because yeah for like a, for like 11 minutes yeah exactly so it's, you need to quit right because we need everything <laughs> yeah. fast right so yeah. you know and, and listen man i i i gotta I have an italian amazing authentic italian restaurant right next door to me and i hit that bad boy up and i don't feel bad about it right right <laughs> you know but you get people that they eat they indulge and it's why we're the most obese first world country in the world this is why we throw out so much food, you know, because we are, you know, we're a, gluttonous. We're a country that's gluttonous, but we're a country that's depressed. We're a country that yes. has very low self-esteem. All right. Most of us aren't doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're focused on what everybody else thinks that we're supposed to be doing. So we're never really happy, right? In our space. Chasing it, chasing it too. Exactly. So so that is huge. I would say that that is even more important than the food that you're putting in your mouth. Oh, one thing that sure. you learn over time is, you know, you can, you, you, how, I'm, I'm going to be careful how I word this because it's going to sound very like mystical. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, I'm down to go down all roads, man. Don't hold your tongue but if you don't not, want to. At the end of the day, you can control your body's response to the food that you're putting in your mouth. Okay. So if you say to yourself, you know, words or spells, if I say to myself, I'm eating this food, this food is not good for me. It's unhealthy. It's bad. Okay. And I'm putting it in my stomach, right? That my body is going to react differently to the food, right? And treat it like a foreign enemy. Okay. And create an unusually high level of inflammation inside your gut. This is true. So don't, because there, when, I, when I eat bad shit, I know, and I'm telling myself I shouldn't be eating this, and I yeah. feel like shit. Yeah, and, I, and it's not depressed. It's not depression from the food. Yeah, what no. it is is my body is being like, "Ew, this shit is gross." Yeah, but it's not healthy. So yeah, you know, and then again, that leads a lot into you know obtaining confidence, authentic confidence, where you could still eat that food, but you're at peace with it. You know, you're not worried about, okay, I'm going to eat this and, you know, I'm going to go do my social media pictures and my, I'm not going to see my six pack or I'm going to look bloated. I'm going to look like crap. And you get all this guilt trip behind it. You wind up releasing again, those, those fight or flight hormones that you spoke about earlier. Yep. Right. Yep. And that, that takes maybe a mistake, right. And it compounds the mistake. Yes. You know, it, it, it doubles so it up. Exactly. So now you, you get, you're in this irritated and you're bloated and you're gassy, you know, and you're going to the bathroom three or four times and your, your, your system is disturbed. Yes. 
Um, and, that get, and that gets to a point, like you said, it gets to a point where your body has a scientific reaction to everything, uh, all yeah. things, all things, and especially in your gut. Yeah. Um, listen, you're a busy, dude. I have like two more questions. Yeah, no, and, go ahead. And, and, and I'll let you rock. Go um, for it. The first question that I wanted to ask, um, I live a, a sober lifestyle. Um, you know, I, I've had some problems with alcohol and drugs in the past. It's just what works for me. Um, can you recommend, or is there, is it okay to have a party-esque lifestyle, whether it's, you know, you smoke, smoke weed recreationally, you drink recreationally, everything in moderation, of course, but will those things help stop you from achieving what you really want to achieve? No, no. I mean, I work with alcoholics. You know, right. uh, I, I have the occasional mess. I, I love mezcal and, uh, and tequila. Oh, yeah. So, you know, oh, you're, you're, you're Puerto Rican. I don't doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I do smoke weed yeah. twice a week. You know, I, I limit myself to twice a week. You know, I think that you, you set boundaries. Right. Boundary setting is, is really important. You know, trying to understand what your intention is behind what it is that you're doing is very important. You know, having a healthy relationship with all things that you put in your body, really. But doing what you do, you know, in terms of like writing stuff down and and keeping a journal and trying to understand like your own behavior, you know, trying to understand the why behind everything that is you do. Why do you feel like you need to smoke weed more than once or twice a week? Okay. Right. Why do you feel like you need to have a couple of drinks every day? You know, is it because you see somebody else doing it? Is it something that's adding more comfort to you, right? Our food is there to nourish us. And occasionally, you know, we indulge a bit, right? And that's fine, you know, whether it's socially or or alone. But once we exceed, you know, a certain level where there's a dependency. Once once you like exceed the survival kind of. uh... Yeah, yeah. Limit and now it's your indulging and in, in all of these things. It's a detriment. It begins to, you know, and, and listen, I say the same thing about plant medicine, you know, like, like oh for sure. People, there's some people that, that pop mushrooms too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some people, you know, it's what they say you can't overdo it, but you could totally that's the high, that's yeah. the highest I've ever been. Yeah, you know, and, and but I was fucked know. up. Yeah, no, <laughs> dude. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, but oh dude, yeah, man, listen. Uh, when they say when they say that you could hear colors, I was like, I don't understand what that means. And then I did it. I was like, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Then they were like, Dude, you could like see music. And I was like, Dude, shut the fuck up. No way. And I was like, Yeah, I'm seeing this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember. Um, I don't think I've really ever really gone too in depth about it. I've talked about it like on my other shows. But I remember, though, that in the beginning, I was like, I'm not high. And I didn't realize what kind of high I was looking for. I was looking for like a weed high because I was just like, you know, that's all I really ever done up to that point. So when I did it, I was like, nah, this is weird. And then gradually I started feeling I'm like, OK, all right. Words sound a little different. You know, I remember just listening, like we were listening to Sublime and that shit was just like school. But, but I could understand it though. And I was just like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, I fucking love this song, dude. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, all right, I'm okay. And then there was a point though where I was like, yeah, I don't want to be high anymore though. 
Wow. So like, and then at that point, I kind of like slowly kind of came back down. Like I kind of told myself like, yeah, I'm all right. I've been high for long enough. And that's when I felt like I did the right amount. I was able to go like on that journey a little bit. And I've had friends who have taken way too much and it's fucked their life up almost to for years. They were weird after it. So it's, it's about using and indulging in things to a limit, like you said, and just not overindulging because I feel like as a culture, that's what we do. We overindulge in all things, whether it's social media, food, uh, you know, what we see as healthy. Like I have friends who look at BMI uh, calculators all the time. And I'm like, dude, it's like, I wouldn't so bet like go get your blood tested. Yeah. You know, so I had a friend who was in shape, like, you know, he was super ripped up, good looking dude, living life to the fullest. He went and found out he had diabetes. Mm. So I was just like, dude, I'm telling you, like, that's why it's like, you got to go and get yourself. I always, every year, the yearly physical, I tell people all the time, do it twice a year. I get a physical twice a year just because I, I used to be diabetic. I got myself out of diabetic range. That's good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just try to keep a better eye on my health. Cause the one thing about growing up in a Puerto Rican Italian household, not a lot of doctors, Yeah, yeah. not a lot of going to the doctor, no, you know, once I was, yeah. Once I was able to be, and also look for alternative things to try. I tell people who follow the show, don't be afraid when it comes to your health to try different things. It, it's not the end of the world. If something doesn't work, keep trying because now it's, it's something the world is a little less stigmatized, but it's still there a lot. But I think we're doing better as a culture to shine more light on these alternative, either lifestyles or methods to get to where we want to be in our lives. And that's all that matters is if you get to where you want to be in your life. Again, talking about being selfish. If you feel that it's going to make your life better, go for it. I don't understand why people don't do this anymore. And I used to be one of them, but now that I'm so far out of like, uh, I don't want a boss. I want to work for myself. Once I'm so, now that I'm so far out of that thought pattern, it's hard for me to go back, but I do sympathize with people because I understand what it's like to feel fucking stuck. Mm-hmm. And the only person that can get you unstuck is yourself. Whether that's with help with other people, you always need other people to help you get unstuck. This is what you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. But people don't ask for help, man. People don't ask for help because it's a sign of weakness and people don't have the confidence in themselves they don't a lot you'd be surprised a lot of people don't feel like they deserve oh no for sure i've been there too i've been like yeah there's a there's a lot of guilt right people feel like well you know my mom and my dad they're in pain so i I need to be in pain too and if i'm not in pain then you know i'm looked at differently so yeah it's crazy you know it's just a trust your swag (laughs) you know what i mean you know what i mean just Love your swag, swag yourself up. Yeah. All those other things you will come. That's why when people are like, yo, like I'm not going to get my hair cut or like shave, like while I'm out of shape, I'm like, nah, do that shit. Cause that's going to give you confidence and that's going to keep you at a level of like, yo, imagine like if I like lost 10 pounds, like with this haircut and shit, 
Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. But do what you want to do. People have to understand that you could do what you want to do. Um, it's great to have an education. I never talk down upon it. Educations, very awesome fallback uh, things. But if you're thinking to be an entrepreneur, get an internship. Find somebody that you could attach yourself to that you want to do. If especially if you're blessed like Joe was and nobody wanted to do from a young age, you could do a lot of this shit on your own. But a lot of it comes back to the confidence, like you said, and swag. Oh yeah, got to <laughs> got to believe in yourself in all things, whether it's mental health, physical health, physical appearance, work, social media. If you don't believe in yourself, people will pick up on that, and it's hard to work with people that don't believe in themselves. Um, Joe, how accessible are you these days? Are you super booked up? Is the Vega method available right now for people to go and get it? Because I know with COVID, everything's a little bit crazy. So I don't want to be like, yeah, go get the Vega method. And you're like, yeah, I'm super booked. Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely have some openings. You know, um, I'm here. I'm here four days a week down in the city in my studio, Union Square. Um, and I'm also in upstate New York. Uh, we, we have a house over in Wappinger Falls, which is about 80 minutes out of the know city. It. So I'm starting to see some people upstate. So if you're upstate, you know, Dutchess County, um, you know, I'm making some house calls up there. Doubt. Enough yeah, doubt. You know, we're, we're definitely open here um, because I, I'm a PT. You know, I, I have the... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those special people, man. I'm you can essential. do it all, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm essential. So you're just a uh, yeah, rehabilitation going, unicorn. Yeah. I mean, I've been going since, uh, since March, man. I mean, I haven't really skipped a beat here. You can. Uh, we, yeah. We were doing classes. So, you know, we had a whole class program here. Um, and we're going to revisit that now that, you know, we're allowed to, to do that stuff now. For sure. So we're, we're, we have a, a program called uh, Box and Breeze that we're going to, we're going to unveil in mid-May. Uh, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And that's going to be a boxing, a high intensity class uh, that will culminate with some uh, mindful movement and some meditation, some guided meditation. Very cool. Just to kind of give, you know, that duality that, that people need these days, you know, um, just to do something a little different as well. And that's like Vega method, like on a, on a smaller scale, but the one-on-one -on -one stuff is where I'm really looking to pick up and, and get out there a little bit more so you know come on down you know it's vegamethod.com uh you could you could follow me on instagram uh it's either vega method or you could find me on my other handle of uh, rehab medium yeah we didn't, we didn't touch on that but well maybe next time no 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 no, we'll, no, no, no 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 so <laughs> what i wanted to ask was the trance the yeah. trance medium session oh man <laughs> all right this this was the last this was the last question that i had I wanted to save it. I wanted to save it for the end because I didn't know how much, you know, people know what guided meditation is for the most part. You know, a lot of people know because I talk about it a lot, but the trance medium. Yeah. Session. Yeah. 90 minutes. This is what I wanted the last question to be. This is ill. I mean, listen, it, it, this, this is where, you know, I, I try to demystify things as often as possible. To oh, I'm to, here all fucking day. To to try to let, yeah. To just let people know, you know, like, listen, that this is not like this super wizard, wizardry, sorcery stuff. You know, I'm not Gandalf the great, you know, yeah. like, I'm, I'm a regular dude that, you know, has, has, uh, you know, has some gifts that we all basically come into this existence having, you know, 
Um, and that's the fundamentals that I teach in my sessions that once we strip away a lot of these layers that ayahuasca and meditation allows us to do sort of at this accelerated pace, we come back to like this, this almost perfect unit that came into this existence with gifts, right? Just the ill ass vessel. Yeah, so exactly. So for me, my first medium experience was in my first ayahuasca session when my, my wife's grandfather basically tapped me on the shoulder and asked if, I, if he could step inside of me to go and, and communicate with his granddaughter. Right. And that was my first experience. I didn't realize it at the time. He went inside me, super blurry, and he walked me over to her, gave her a hug, started crying. And it wasn't me crying. It was him crying. And there was all of these like physical responses that were happening that wasn't me. Right. Right. And that subsided. And I kind of left that at it. I didn't really dive back in until the pandemic. Right. The pandemic, I started doing a podcast, my own podcast. Um, and for me, it was basically. What's it called? What's it called? So people can hear it. It's called Going Inward. Going Inward. It's on Spotify. So Spotify, like, Apple it, Music, too. It, shameless plug. <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, yeah. dude. Listen, man. I'm gonna go listen to that shit right after this, man. Fuck yeah. So I did 13 episodes. That, that was like my first like Netflix season, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. 13 episodes, um, and one of them was a guided meditation, and I decided to do it because it was one of these pinnacle moments where there was a lot of statistics coming out about how how many people were struggling. So one of the things that I wanted to do was try to help to kind of ease anxiety, ease tension. So I started getting into uh, my meditation, which is the, 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 the foundation for all of my guided meditations, the same right. way with the journeys, like I'm in too, like when I'm doing a guided meditation with you, like we're meditating together, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I got into my meditative position and I started noticing that there's something that wanted to say something. And I, I didn't, I, I didn't, this is the first time I've moved around, like I can move around and when it's not me, but I, I, you know, that was a big thing for me, but the speaking component that had never happened where I felt the urge, like I had to say something that wasn't coming from me. Right. And I, it freaked me out. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So, so I just kind of let go and just let it do what it, it was saying. And it started humming. So I'm, I'm like humming on part of this, this episode. And people who are listening don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, like what the fuck is- like, It really is like one of the first instances where I start getting into it. And it's, it's through music and it's through sound and it's through, you know, the, the sort of the vibrations. Waves, waves of vibrations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and that's, that's what I saw. You know, you say you said seeing sounds, which is like I, I love Pharrell, and Pharrell always he, he has like an album called Seeing Sounds, and that's yeah. one of the things that he always said. Kanye always said that too. He would, yeah, he would he draw stuff. He yeah. would draw like sounds. And yeah. for me, like I was seeing my I was seeing the strings being pulled that allowed me to speak. And since that day, like I worked on it more and more, and I seeked out the assistance of, of a couple of mediums. And they taught me like like what I was going through. And plus, there's a very interesting Netflix show that was on meditation. Uh, uh, excuse me, a mediumship. And one of them was trans 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 transcendental 
yeah. yeah, or a trance. It's because you're in a trance. Trance, yeah. Yeah. So for me, the typical uh, uh, medium is, you know, you have your sitter. So you want to speak to like your dead relative. So you come to them, they sit you down, you know, they go through their process and then they're, they bring in the, the energy that you're trying to speak to. Right. And they get, it's kind of like a, a telephone game. You know, they, they get the message and they convey to the sitter, to you. Right. And, you know, along the line, they give you like proof, you know, like, well, you know, like you, you uh, didn't throw out the garbage at this day or at this time. When yeah, you yeah. Club, you know what I mean? Like shit like that, where it's like, there's no way that the, that the, the person, the sitting medium knows what the hell that is. So right. proof for me, what I do is I check out. So my guy, who's my guide, who I met on that first trip, he was the one that was pointing at, at that blue wall. His name is Solomon and he steps in and he's sort of the mediary for this energy and he screens them. And he'll say, okay, well, you, you have like our permission to come in and he'll come, the energy will come into me and you're having a conversation with me, but you're, it's really like, you know, your mom or, or your dad or right, your right. that passed away. So it, it's this really trippy thing that it freaked me out, still freaks me out. Right. But it's like one of the most beautiful things that, that you can do. And I literally feel like I fulfilled my purpose in life by by, by doing, doing that yeah that's that is, wild it, it's it's yeah it's now, do you, now yeah no 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 I, I didn't mean to cut you off i'm just talking about in terms of availability obviously all these services are available on zoom um and the contact is uh info at vega method that's v-e-g-a-m-e-t-h-o-d.com so info at vega method.com yes. um so you have like a bunch listed here could you pick and choose which ones you want to do you you mean you coming in trying to get these services yeah 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 i'm saying just to, to, to the listener and the consumers yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no totally you, you you tell me what it is that you want to do and, and we'll, we'll make it happen you know um that's fucking wild though <laughs> i mean you know I, i'm gonna say that you know what i mean yeah. I, do, I do believe that there is a a tie to I always used to say like the dead world, but I think there is a tie to the dead world. That's what I call it. And it's like, um, for you, for you, what's up? There is. Yeah. There is. And, then, and then for you, I feel anytime someone has to talk about that, everyone thinks they're nuts. Right. That's, yeah. usually, that's oh. usually what it is. Yeah. yeah. But I've known people who thought it was fucking nuts. And then they go and talk to somebody and they're like, dude, there's no fucking way. Totally. Yeah. Um, totally. Has there ever been like a situation though where like you haven't got something? You're like, dude, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I'm just gonna be dead ass. Like, I don't have anything to give you right now. Well, there are instances when what I say doesn't resonate with someone. Right. And I preface every session with that. Yeah. You know, there may be something that's coming up, you know, and, and what it real bo- really boils down to is how open you are. Well, right. you're not, yeah, well, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, people aren't coming to you. You're not asking people to come to you and be like, yo, this is how ill I am. Yeah. This no. is just like, no, like, yo, like, let's work on something together and hopefully it works out. Yeah. Just trying to help, you know, yeah. and it really depends on where, how open-minded you are because uh, cause your energy is going to impact what happens during right. your session, right? And it's, it's, it's natural. It, and it's natural to, to doubt, 
you know? And, and of course. I, I don't feel bad about that, you know? Um, and I don't feel bad about maybe being wrong sometimes, you know, but I would tell you that more often than not, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes everybody you know, wants a good success rate, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. You know, yeah. I'd be lying to you if I told you that 100% of the time it would be spot on. Um, there will be things that resonate more with you than others. Yeah. So, you know, again, it, it, it's That's uh, fucking wild. Yeah. No, it's beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, it's, 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 uh, to be um, able to experience something like that is, uh, you know. Yeah, and I'm a science guy, bro. Again, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like you know, yeah. I, I did not grow up on tarot cards and you know psychics. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like you were like thing, you know, like a street hustler in the Bronx. Yeah, like you know, I was always that guy. I need to prove. I need to prove. And, and for absolutely, me, what helps me out and helps me explain it is just bringing awareness to to us and and, and what we are and how computers and, and phones are all built to sort of model us yeah like we are sure. computers literally they're, they're all extensions receivers our brain our yeah, brain is the, our brain the most advanced our brains are are the illest wi-fi routers in the world sure yeah when you took off during that meditation you know it wasn't you like physically leaving no it was there. consciousness yeah your consciousness shifted to another place like oh, you were, your antenna was like in line you synced in with something we call the source universe whatever you yeah. want to term and you were teleported your spirit your energy was teleported and you were able to connect with something Yo, and it's happened to me multiple times so sometimes it'd yeah. be so deep i think i fell asleep and yeah. i'll be like there's no way I'm, I'm i'm upright yeah so i'm just like well, what the fuck and then i'll come back it used to be super scary it's a little less scary now but it's still scary yeah yeah. You know, it, it still scares me a little bit. Like, you know, I've only been, I've been meditating for like three, three years now. So like, I hope around like year five or year six, like it's not like as scary in terms of like transition. So yeah. like, uh, yeah. you, you know, it's a scary thing. So obviously I, then I have, this is my last question. I promise. Sure. Have you ever smoked the toad? No, I haven't. Would I haven't. you, would you smoke the toad? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I tell you, like even I get a psychedelic response from smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. Like if for me now, pre ayahuasca, like I would just smoke and get high. But now I can actually bring about that psychedelic experience, even just smoking a joint. Yeah. But that that's on a, on another level. You talking yeah. about the Campo or, or the the DMT? Yeah, that's when those dudes they go to like like you said like a, like a. Like a, what is it? A retreat. Yep. And everyone comes and they smoke the toad. And have you seen videos of it? Yeah. Bro, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, no. It's, it's wild. And then, and then they, and then, you know, they come back. It's a wild, wild thing to see. But anyone that I've encountered who has done it said it's changed their entire lives. Um, listen, and, uh, you know, on here, we don't promote any kind of you know drug use or whatever we we let people live their lives on this show um you know i don't talk down about anything unless somebody's you know obviously hurting themselves then that's different but i feel that at some point you will definitely smoke the toad yeah (laughs) you know what i mean when the world is a little less crazy i think i think you'll smoke the toad and then whenever you smoke the toad you got to come back on though 
Yeah, 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 definitely, man. So, and then have you done the journey more than once? Uh, Aya, I've done Aya three times, and I've oh, done shit. I've done uh, mushrooms three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, four. I just I just did a ceremony. I just oh yeah. Yeah, I just facilitated a, a, a journey. So. Microdosing, yeah or nay for you? <sighs> I mean, listen, are, are, are are you into it? Do you think it's a little fugazi or what? I, I, you know, it, it, for me, if if you're one of those people that you don't, you want the benefits. You know, these are the CBD guys, right? That they want the they want to say that they did it, or they want the minimum dose. You know, um, you know, I definitely advise go in, in small steps if you right. feel like you're going to be really traumatized by it. Yeah, um, and then maybe you can graduate to it. But for me, if you want to heal, like you need the standard standard dose. Get after it. Yeah, all or nothing. It's like a pool. You just got to jump in sometimes. That's it. That's exactly uh, what it is. I hear you. I hear you. Listen, Joe, this has been, I mean, I'm fucking blown away here, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're going to be friends now. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to bother you. I'm going to bother you all the time. Well, I um, appreciate you, man. I really yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, man. And then, uh, your Instagram again for the listeners so they can hear it and go. So we, got, we got the Vega method on Instagram and then we've got, um, rehab medium, which is kind of like my personal, that's why I put like all the, the spiritual stuff that, you know, that that's where you get after studio, but you know, we'll, we'll be merging all of those pretty soon. So. Okay, cool. And then obviously it's uh, info at uh, Vega method.com. Exactly. If you're interested in, in linking up with Joe, Joe yeah. anything, um, anything else that you're promoting? I know you're saying you're working on documentary, but we can't get too far into that. Yeah, I mean, you and I will talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. And yeah. then um, everything is through Zoom now, or are you having people in the office now? No, we're doing people in the office as well. We're seeing Very cool. Not doing people in the office. I'm seeing people in the office. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the meditation is not that deep, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. it's not like a Vegas mag, magic show where we're going to make you kiss somebody while you're in a room. Not at all. Not at all. But, Joe, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Make sure to get my number from whoever linked you to the show. Sure. And then sure. let's stay in touch, man. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I'm down for whatever. So it's one of those things. Hey, one thank you so things, much, bro. man. I, I appreciate you uh, bringing me on the show, man. It, it was a blessing. I loved speaking to you today. You too, man. I appreciate it. Be good. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. And we'll see you next time on Off the Cuff. Have a good night, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you. Later, bro. bro.